And welcome to another edition of the Stoutcast with your beer-guzzling connoisseurs, Bob Moffitt, with my brother-in-arms, Todd Moffitt. And we are at the Bone Shaker Public House in Rockland, California. It is beer week in Sacramento, and Sacramento's not just Sacramento, it's all over the place. So we're here, and what did the flyer say? The flyer said... Black Tuesday, and yeah. it was like fight for freedom or something. Exactly. It's the big black beers of Imperial Porter's Imperial Stout Save America. Save America. <laughs> Couldn't turn it down. My wife's wondering where I am. I'm here. So, all right. And you good, sir. You are? My name is JJ. JJ Anderson. JJ Anderson, and you are the? Proprietor, founder of Bone Shaker. Fantastic. And we have in front of us, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. These two are? Evil Twin, Even More Jesus, and then uh, his brother counterpart mckeller over here with some goodness okay i've got mckeller beer geek over the cocoa yep that's the one so what do we have here so that's the moxa the thick nibs it was uh actually they're right around the corner they're here in rockland as well just uh maybe four or six months old they did that in collaboration with bear bottle out of southern california and one of the first beers that they had done because they did the collaboration before they were even open. So we've actually uh, had this keg that we were sitting on from uh, when they first opened up that we were we were cellaring for this event. So it's called Thick Nibs, and kind of as it would indicate, you're going to get a good good chocolate base in there. And well, so I just had a pull off of it, and the first one, the first thought is just like it comes at you in waves. But how do you how do they do that? Well, that's a good question. Everybody's got their own techniques, but uh, as a native Rockland, I've been over there a couple of times, and they're brewing some good stuff. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. What are are, are we supposed to be expecting from this? I, well, for really any of these, when you get to the Imperial Stouts, you're talking about a higher ABV. So pretty much everything in this is going to be. You could start an Imperial basically around eight percent, but most of these are going to be nine. Really, most of them actually are ten to twelve percent. The McKellar actually goes up to 13, so really full-bodied. Obviously, you're getting the roasted malts, so you're going to get that roasted flavor. Some of them have adjuncts, so this is even more Jesus. Then we have even more Cocoa Jesus, even more Pecan Jesus. So now you're getting the Pecan elements and, and the nuttiness out of that. You're getting some of the, uh, the Cocoa chocolate. Some of them are going to be vanilla-infused, and so they're, they're big, thick, rich, and it's luscious dessert, basically. That's rich. That's, that's, that's the first word to hit my, yeah, it's really rich. It's like, uh, uh, it's milkshake rich. I mean, it's good stuff. I, I might be a little rich for my blood, actually, but it's, it's, it's tasty. Wouldn't want a lot of that. It, it started off really smooth, and then like a wave of something hit, and then that was like, oh, hey, what's that? And then like, and then it's kind of finished nice and clean. Yeah, I mean, as you as these guys warm up a little bit, you'll notice if you go back to each of them, they will change dramatically in 20 minutes between 10 degrees temperature, 15 degrees temperature. They'll all open up, and you'll have a totally different effect with those. Okay, let's try the Prairie Reconstructed Vanilla. So this is off their uh, prairies out of uh, Krebs now bought them, uh, actually used to produce their stuff, and that's back in Oklahoma. So they've been well-known for their Prairie Bomb series, and so that's... This is Prairie Bomb, but they do the deconstructed, so they instead of having all of the different adjuncts in there, they do the same kind of a thing, an individual vanilla, an individual uh, chili, an individual chocolate, so you're kind of getting a lot of different just 
focused adjuncts in, in these, this particular series. How did you stumble across uh, Prairie out of Oklahoma? They come through a distributor, obviously out here. Anybody who's out of the state does, but they've been, you know, we're we're beer geeks before we've ever, ever started a pub, that's for sure. So I'm always staying up to date as best as we can on all the great beers, and these guys have a fantastic reputation for, for making uh, great imperial stouts. They also do a lot of uh, sours and stuff, but actually had a, had a brewery at our, our previous, we had a brewery uh, for three and a half years and uh, sold out in, in September, but one of our brewers had actually brewed uh, Prairie for a bit, so that was cool to have his insight. I kind of had issues with vanillas in the past. It's just like it's a funky thing. And the one thing I like about it is that there's kind of a sweetness to it, but I'm not really getting a lot of vanilla. No, I, I totally agree. That That's really good. I mean, it's and I don't like the vanilla, real strong vanilla flavor either, but that is real mild. It's really smooth. Yeah, I like that a lot. They're your beers. Do you want to try them too? Are you good? We're not sick. Yep, like you said, kind of a. He's, he's trying to. That's why he well, has them. Well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm oh, going to try okay. them all tonight. Okay. You know? I've had, had a lot of these, but a lot of these really are seasonal or first times through or just one off. So it's not like you can just go into the store and find these at all the times. So kind of, most of these are pretty specialty. Okay, let's try the Great Basin Skittly. I actually have not had this one yet. They they did an annual series. One was a barley wine, but a few have been imperial stouts. They're barrel aged, and so I have not yet. No kidding. <laughs> that one just yeah. popped through. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but they've had a couple that were absolutely fantastic, and a couple where probably like what you're going like, wow, that barrel really pops out. But it's you know same thing. We it, it's fun, rare one off for them. So we like to grab, jump on those when we can, and try the wide variety. Oh, yeah. That jumps out at you. It's good, though. Definitely taste the barrel. Yeah. Bourbon's ripping out of that. Yeah, it is. Kind of the vanilla <laughs> from the bourbon is coming out, and it's, it's a little bit lighter bodied. So a lot of times when you don't have the real thick bodied beers, then the infusion of <laughs> the barrel tends to be pretty intense yeah. so that's that's on the lighter side of the body so that bourbon definitely pops through on that but now what do we want what's number four beer geek McKillar, where are they where are they so he's a he's a danish gypsy brewer originally as is his brother who has evil twin so those are two brothers they both do uh what's called gypsy brewing where they they kind of have a few different places however they actually not only have McKellar Bar now in San Francisco that's been there for about five years, but this last year they bought the original Alesmith um, facility in San Diego and Alesmith moved to their new facility. So now the, you'll have, this is a San Diego beer. They have other ones that they still produce in Europe and other locations, but they come in, we're called key kegs. It's a different coupler. Long story short, it's a pain in the butt. So we kind of don't okay. deal with those kind of kegs anymore. Um, but it, we love getting their beer from San Diego, obviously, because they do a fantastic job. But yeah, uh, yeah I mean, it's, oh, they, really they've, they've done Beer Geek Breakfast. You'll see those bottles around. So he, they've been kind of in the adjunct imperial stout world for a while, doing it very well and always respected for what they're what they do the kegs look cool though right yeah the, those key kegs i mean big old plastic things i don't mind them being plastic and that kind of thing but it's a whole nother coupler 
and then if they you know we just had ones that leak or crack or something don't pour right and they're always expensive so the last thing you'd want to do is like hey there's a $500 keg we don't get to pour that, that sucks so <laughs> why do they do that is there some well, reason they're they... way lighter than okay. aluminum and okay, so yeah. um, it's easier to you know cost, more cost effective yeah. to ship and stuff and getting your you know shells back is huge if you're gonna pay about 110 bucks for a keg it's difficult to manage your cake supply even when you're talking about a 30 mile radius and you know you start going overseas and everything else so those are basically one-way kegs they come boom you suck the air out after you're done it's got a cardboard wrap and you recycle the cardboard so yeah it's disposable one-time use so it, it makes sense but it's just not always the fun part of it for yeah. the uh, for the retailer. Yeah. Yeah. How'd you get into this racket? You know, I was uh, I went to went to college in Chico State, like a lot of people in this area that get into craft beer. So that was, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. that was a ways ago. It's about 25 years ago. You know, I was not a beer guy before that and you know, when I was younger, I didn't didn't like beer because all I knew was Bud Light and whatever, and it was horrible. So we were somebody talking about that. Talking about Keystone, yeah, exactly. It made a nice hat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it was cool to stack cans and stuff. That's about the extent of it. So, but anyway, I, I, I uh, people turned me on to Sierra about a pail, and that was that was mother's milk. I mean, we knew every night of the week where you get a five dollar pitcher, and so you just kind of like, being the cheap college student drinking good beer he could have gotten three dollars for a bud pitcher but i was like no way i'll pay that two extra dollars and get the good stuff so uh, about uh, 10 years ago we got into the restaurant industry had a, um, a restaurant up in bend oregon um, and being up there obviously you are right so and i had started home brewing around 97 i'd say 97 98 and so been around it and then and once we were doing that i knew that this is really what i wanted to do and this was home for me so i moved back here after about 11 years and got this going six and a half years ago okay what else do we have here so this is the, yeah this was the beer geek and then this was the uh even more jesus the i got the uh, prairie deconstructed cocoa the drake's black label and the track seven all all that I see, we did, we did that one, right? Awesome. No, we did not. No, we did. We, do, we did not do that one, okay. but we did um, the. Let's do the local beer. Let's okay. All right, go for it. All that I see. So the track seven, we went down to a couple months ago and talked to them. Oh. Talked to Brian. That was the darkness imprisoning me, uh, which also comes with accompanying artwork by local artist Amy Altstadt and. So the, every one of those beers that's going to follow that is going to follow the, the Metallica, because Brian's a huge Metallica fan. So tell me about this. Uh, this will actually be my first first taste of it. We we got this in kind of last minute, so I had not had it before. That is good. And they are not known for brewing stouts, right? I mean, they, they're an IPA. They brew a ton of IPAs every time I've been there. Uh, well, everybody's kind of getting into the thing where you've got to, you kind of have to. Well, you, you got to have one on the, one or two, right? Yeah, they, and, and they have... I don't know, like you said, a new series thing, but they've they've kind of done they've done a wide variety of stuff, you know. Over the, yeah, it's just they're not known for probably not because stuff. yeah, yeah. They, they definitely got known for. I mean, the Panic IPA won gold medal at the State Fair about four years ago, and so that kind of really grabbed traction with consumers. And that's what you're gonna go to the store and see in cans, and then they do their other can releases of whether it's hazies or other forms of IPAs, and then now they've been doing more uh, kettle sours and so forth too. Um, but really they've they've done a good job of making a lot of good styles you know even from their beeline blonde which isn't you know yeah. you may not be into that but it's, it's still a good yeah, solid yeah, blonde yeah. and and uh 
but that's that's nice. That might a, be my favorite. That's got a big big cocoa, yeah, chocolatey kick up front, with almost a little bit of vanilla in there too. Yeah, just very smooth. It's the uh, darkness imprisoning me had something like a twelve percent, I think. I mean, it was it was loaded. Like <laughs> yeah. Nick was just like, Grr! I mean, and he only had like half of a you know half of one of these. So, um, but no, that is really super smooth and. It's got a it's got a nice finish on it. It's not it doesn't have that aftertaste, but it still it finishes clean. That's a that's a good solid. That's a good solid beer. All right, what, what's next? This is the Drake's Black Label. I've had the Drake's Black Label in the bottle. We can expect it's just they kind of they're kind of different. I mean, depending if it's in the bottle or out of the out of the keg. Is that bottle or keg? Barrel, too much barrel for me. Yeah. This is keg. Yeah, yeah. So that was you know one of those. Nice. Uh, we do a lot of good business with Drake's, Drake's and so uh, our rep is, is fantastic and will uh, get us some some good good hidden gems in there from time to time. And uh, yeah, so this is the Draconic, which is their core imperial stout, but then they do the varietals uh, the same way as they do with like their double and triple IPAs where they do the varietals of those as well. But yeah, good good barrel in there. I personally love barrels, so I'm, I'm yeah. enjoying yeah. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> You're like, no. well, that might be a much, That's but cool. yeah. I like, you know, I if the barrel is overwhelming it's not obviously a balanced beer but i like a little of that bourbon just because it plays well with kind of the vanilla flavors that you get sometimes you get some caramel off of that and yeah a little, no we'll try it. it's definitely got a barrel taste yeah. to it um and and i'd say even more so than the first one we had which was the the great base the great base yeah that is it's it's what, it, what was the name of that skittily skittily okay yeah. and then they usually it's like i can't remember what number this is it's like skittily 303 or whatever they got oh, okay. some varieties i can't remember i knew the story of that a few yeah, years ago yeah, when they yeah. came out but i don't know if it was their barrel numbers or okay. or something but yeah. Well, last one, you told this guy eight minutes and you've already doubled that, so let's go with the... I'm drinking beer, I'm not complaining. <laughs> and, and my family pretty much laughs, so I, you know, I, I just have friends, it's all good. Okay. <laughs> this is uh, the Prairie, back to Prairie, this is a deconstructed cocoa, so I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to like this. Yeah, yeah. It's rich, again, I think a little more on the rich side for me, but... Um, yeah, it's almost... Uh, it's almost like a dark chocolate. Yeah. Kind of a there's a, a dry element, but like I said, it's still all these are all these are pretty rich. Yeah. I mean, it's to me, it's when you get a nice big 750 milliliter of a imperial stout. That's that's not your chugging beer. That's although we we do do that to start the day just for fun. But uh, it's it's to open up with two or three friends and, and have you know six ounces of it. So or 75 friends. Yeah, exactly. That works too. Two ounce, one ounce shots. That works. It's all good. But yeah, that's it's nice. They so they typically will take all of the flavors that they have. The vanilla they use like pasilla chilies, cocoa nibs. They'll have all of that into one t traditionally, and then in this case on the deconstructed, they're just they're they're isolating that one adjunct. In this case, it's cocoa, so it's kind of like a it, it's still got a richness, but it finishes fairly dry with kind of almost a dark chocolate hint of bitterness to it that would be different than. Than a super sweet. I, I'm getting the I'm getting the bitterness. I'm getting a little you know hint of something, but I'm not really getting a lot of cocoa. That said, it's like I think it's the smoothest of as far as mouthfeel goes. Which I don't know if I like that term or not, but that's what everybody uses. So, but man, that is it's really smooth. But did you you guys got cocoa out of it? I got a little bit of the cocoa out of it, um, but you're right. It's not heavy cocoa by any means. The, it's, it's definitely a little, little thicker mouthfeel, a little, you know, a little more body to it. Um, 
I, I, for me, that I gotta go with it. I'm of all these, the track seven. I, I like the track seven. The uh, all that I see. I'd, I mean, I'd, I'd have to put that number. I probably have to put that my second favorite. I think the first one I had was probably the best. Of course, maybe that was just because I was thirsty. But I think the Moxa. <laughs> that was the Moxa. A couple local yeah. beers. That's good. Yeah. We're uh, definitely well represented locally oh, in yeah. the last last few years. I mean, we kind of joke that when we opened this up about six and a half years ago, we didn't probably even have six breweries in the greater Sacramento area. A couple had just come online. Loomis Base and various had just just kind of opened up. But I mean, you had some of the old guys that have been around a while, and, and Auburn Ale House was around a few few years before that but about two or three years later all of a sudden it was like kabam you know it started being 10 a year and it's it's amazing and now it's not just quantity it's it's the quality there's we still go back to bend um, every year and of course drink all the great Oregon beers yeah. which you know, there's tons up there but I would put the stuff that, that's being produced in Sacramento with really anywhere in the country at this Pretty point good, yeah. okay so he's six and a half years so you are you the original proprietor of bone shakers yeah. okay so you had did you have the second yeah. location where yeah. you guys did brew yeah okay and then now what made you decide to uh, did you sell that or do you still yeah. own that no we, we sold that in okay. September and okay. uh, it was really one of those things where this is a local question by the way I'm yeah, sorry I'm yeah. just yeah uh, but uh, on the on the brewing side uh, you know I loved it yeah and, and that's why we did it yeah um, when I started this I really wanted to have a brewery just didn't have the resources to do that and sure this kind of took off in a great way and allowed us to do that um, but it's you know we having two places especially over there a full-blown restaurant yeah. the whole works um, and it was just more a matter of, I've got four kids yeah, and I have two amazing. restaurants and my mom was a GM over there she was getting tired out and we just started thinking about hey you know we, we need to look at an exit strategy and, and as it was we had a friend of a friend who we've been talking with who ultimately purchased it and had had their own concept for that so yeah. um, but we still have a warehouse in Sacramento with the equipment that I had bought from Roseville Brewing and some other stuff that you know some sometime down the line we yeah. might get into just the production and tasting room and not the full okay. restaurant element okay um, you know it's about every day we get hit up man I wish you grew this again I wish you uh, it might be there but you know yeah. it's it's uh, it's trying to balance out the uh, personal life with with business life so yeah, yeah. <laughs> you made a beer yeah so we with the movie where we still have black vinyl before we sold it we made a, a beer called crazy grain and uh, obviously all the all the stuff that we did name wise was kind of all, all, it was an imperial stout yeah all uh, all barrel fermented so it was bourbon barrels that we had, had started with aging and when they went neutral, then we would use them for fermentation. So they wouldn't touch stainless until it got transferred in the bright tank, put, put some CO2 on it and the whole works, and then we would be able to bottle it up from there. Well, and as a, I, I've done a little bit of home brewing now, and I know that sterile environments are the key to that, and I was just curious how he kept his, his barrel sterile, a wood barrel. Uh, I, I don't, how do you do that? Uh, we would, one big thing is to make sure you're, you're keeping it occupied okay so okay. we pretty much assume what do you mean by that by by keeping fluid in fluid. there yeah not 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 that we'd be like jumping on Jungle like, this gym, is mine yeah <laughs> Woo, tickle tickle yeah no we uh <laughs> so we would pretty much time it out that when we pulled something out of there we would still um you know you get the hot liquor tank going and you just you fill the whole thing up with literally boiling water okay. sit Jeez. on it okay. suck it out do another rinse so it, you were getting a couple of good okay. hot yeah hot yeah. rinses on there and you obviously have a better chance with a higher alcohol, yeah. bold beer. Um, but we had another wine barrel that we would do the same thing with, but do like Solara Saisons. Okay. So kind of almost a, a natural created Saison yeast that would 
you know, ferment out in there without being necessarily sour. It was okay. just more um, kind of a wild yeast, and, yeah. and so that worked on that side. So we, you know, kept those guys separated. But, yeah. So I'm still trying to learn all these things, and like that just fascinates me. You wouldn't, you wouldn't want to do. Uh, in a bigger production facility, yeah, some of the stuff that we did, you wouldn't really want to try because it yeah. could take over. Oh yeah, if you didn't do it properly, it could get ugly quick. But sure. we were so small that um, that we were, you know, we, we just we actually never had one really go bad. You yeah, know, luckily, but it, yeah. certainly over time, it would be easy for something to slip through the cracks yeah, and, yeah. and go the wrong way. But satisfied. <laughs> <laughs> Having just drunk all seven again after they've warmed up i kind of got to go with you on the track seven at least as, it, as it's warmed up it's still it's it's as smooth as it was when it started um i really as far as the vanillas goes i think that's probably my favorite vanilla that i've had yet is the prairie that's really smooth and it doesn't uh that's the number two and then the prairie cocoa i think those are my top three yeah that's good. That's good. Yeah, All right. right. Well, that's that's been it from Bone Shakers with JJ. Thank you for the time. Wait, I mean, literally, he's talking to us about beer, and his wife and child walk away into the parking lot, waving sadly. Bye, bye, Father. Once again, we've lost you. This time to two guys with glasses and a microphone. I've been lost to worse worse things in here before. That's for sure. You know, you get pulled a lot of directions, but this is fun. Yeah. All right, beautiful. So thank you for your time and for giving us some knowledge about each one of these. And thank you for joining us here on the Stoutcast. We'll catch you around next time.